5, 1 through 8. Then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in earth or on heaven or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And then one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, and so he can open the scroll and its seven seals. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, we are in the last week of a series that we've called Nine Questions that God asks, nine questions that God asks. And as we've said before, uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna know this T.S. Eliot line is, uh, there's a great line from Courses on the Rock, and he says this, oh my soul, be prepared for the coming of the stranger, be prepared for him who knows how to ask questions. Questions do something very special. The questions aren't for God. The questions are not for God, they're for us. It pulls something out of us that we wouldn't have known unless someone had asked that of us. Have you ever been in a conversation with uh, just a good friend? Over coffee, whatever, uh, phone, and they ask a question and you, and you say back, huh, that's a really good question. Um, they're asking you to discover something that you haven't answered for yourself, and they've, they've pulled it out of you and says, you have to answer that for yourself. Uh, when I, I've been involved in training to be a coach for other church planters, other pastors, and all the training consisted of, like, how do you ask good questions, and how do you not ask leading questions to what you really want them to do and believe, but just ask questions that are good enough for them to understand who they are and what they should do before God, not, not because of your agenda or whatever. Everything, almost 95% of the training was how to ask good questions, how to ask good questions. So this week, the question is, who is worthy? Who is worthy? Now, tiny technicality, tiny background here. The question is posed by a mighty angel, not God. So you're like, ah, nine questions. That's really eight questions and one from an angel. This one comes from an angel. And if you ever uh, think of angels as like precious moments figurines, that is how angels are commonly presented to us when we're younger, right? Because they're cute and cuddly and no one wants an angel. We want an angel that's family friendly and grandma likes to put in a hutch, okay? So, but this is from Diablo 3. And this is Diablo 3 on the right it's a video game, by the way. Some of you are like, what is Diablo 3? The Devil 3. Okay, this is actually a little bit more accurate to what the Bible conveys because when an angel shows up, hands down, every single time, look it up. Mary, shepherds, what is it? They were sore afeared, right? Like, they're like, no, no, no. They're, they, they look martial, right? M-A-R-T-I-L-A-L. Okay. So the, the, the angel that is asking this question, who is worthy, it just, it, it, in Revelation, it's, it's one of just awe, not the precious moments figurine. You'll never get that out of your, <laughs> out of your head. Uh, but this is the question, um, and this is a tiny background of Revelation. It's a cosmic question, and it envisions the question going to 
all of humanity. And the reason why we know that is that there is this massive throng assembled in Revelation. When I by massive throng, I mean this. is like, have you ever seen those, um, the, the, the mall in Washington at just totally filled up, million man marches, things like that? Well, that's just like a, a strip of real estate going back in a rectangular fashion. Now, imagine this. This is, this is what it is in Revelation. Imagine that, but like 360 degrees going. It's just people and people and people all over. This is, this is the scene in Revelation. Um, now, I'm going to do a series on Revelation someday. Um, we're not going to do a deep dive. All it, all it does is bring up questions for people. But let me give you just this basic picture for, for Revelation 5 is that there's this sealed scroll, and it has seven seals on it, and think of that ancient, you know, the wax, and you put the king's stamp on it. Imagine, that's kind of the picture there. And so it has this big scroll, and the image is this, is that this scroll has come from a power and a potentate, a leader, a dominion, whatever it is, a uber king, whatever it is, and it's sent to someone else who has power and is uber awesome and, and has, has the, uh, the chops and the resume to be able to, they're on equals with the king who sent it, right? And so they, they should be the only ones who should be able to open this thing. So the, it, it connotates this, is um, it, 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 it can only be opened up by the top of the top, not some Joe Schmo, not some schmuck, not some guy, you know, uh, in the mailroom, I guess is the, the, no offense to anyone who works in the mailroom, right? Um, and, and so, but, but the contents of it, because of there's this throng of people, it's this cosmic question, this mighty angel has asked this question, who is worthy? The contents is this. It is going to answer something for everybody. It's going to answer something. It's this massive cosmic question to all of humanity And it says, and the question is like, how is this going to be answered? Because if, it's, if it is answered any weird way, then it's meaninglessness and oblivion, and we're all shot. Like, like that's, that's the context of Revelation 5 is like, okay, cosmic question, all of humanity has a chip here. Okay, colossal, gigantic crop. Uh, um, now, what we see in Revelation 5, and that portion that Cheryl read for us, is this entire throng. There is uniform, unanimous, thorough sadness. Think, think, like, have, have you ever been to a playoff game or a championship game? Like, at least a portion of the crowd goes home happy. At least. Even if you're in the, the visiting team's court, arena, stadium. Like, somebody's going to be happy. But in Revelation 5, you get this, no, this colossal, gigantic crowd is completely depressed. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no one, no one can open it. No one can open it. Uh, no one's worthy. 
Uh, uh, look, you don't even get in Revelation 5. You know, there's, when you're at a concert or a big event, there's, uh, you know, there's always some clown that, um, what's the thing they say? Play, um, what's the song they always say? Play at a, at a concert. You know what I'm saying. Freebird. They're like, play Freebird. And it's just like some stupid concert joke. And you're like, come on, really, dude? All right, well, there's not even one clown that stands up and goes, I'll just, I guess I'll try it. Like, it's a carnival game or something. Like, you know, sl- slam the, the bell that goes up. And they're like, some scrawny guy's like, well, I'll, at least I'll give it a go. He goes, whee, like up three notches. There's not even a clown that says, I- I'll give it a go. No, no, no. Everyone is set, like, yep, no one, no one is worthy to open up this thing. Um. All right, my, my parents. My parents had seven kids. I'm one of seven. I'm the middle kid. And my, my parents, and, and I do them great honor by saying this, so I'm not, like, hating on my parents. Um, they were a really strange cross between 60s and 70s, like, organic, crunchy hippies. But um, without the free love and the drugs, like, they were, they were totally Jesus movement, moral, very, like, very upright hippies, okay? Um, and, 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 like, I've, I've told this before, like, I didn't eat chocolate until I was in sixth grade because they would buy carob. It's like a chocolate substitute, a natural car- chocolate substitute. Co- they would go to co-ops. They'd buy all whole grains, mill their own stuff. My mom was very much into <laughs> making clothes. So, so, so we were, you know, a couple denim jumpers and AK-47 short of a compound. Like, you know, we looked uh, not quite Amish, but definitely, definitely some odd cuts of clothes. Um, and, and so they named all the boys biblical names. My name is Timothy John. My brother's Joshua Paul, Matthew David, very strong biblical names. My sister's got names, but they didn't get any middle names because my dad was like, even my daughters are going to take my, my last name with them. Like, my last name is their middle name, right? So, so <laughs> nice move, dad. Nice move, dad. And so um, comes to the last kid, seven kids. At that point, that's a lot of kids, right? You probably run out of a few names. Uh, <laughs> it's a little harder. And so I guess they had had some names. This is a story that I've heard it from my parents and um, my, my sister was the last one, and I think she was going to be called Sarah. Sarah's a wonderful name, beautiful name. And um, they're in the hospital room, and my, my dad says, uh, her name is Worthy, because she's worthy of our love. Okay, my sister, her whole life was like, does your, was your dad a big James Worthy fan? <laughs> like, 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 nobody gets Worthy. Nobody gets, why is your name worthy? Why is your name worthy? That's crazy. My, my sister, she was at the Chairman's Club at the Crypto Reno, Stable Center, whatever you want to call it, and uh, she ran into James Worthy. And she was like, my name is Worthy. Here, look at my license. Can I get a picture? Um, so she got a picture with James Worthy. So <laughs> worlds collided. Worlds collided. Okay. Why do I say that? We don't, Worthy is a very, very difficult name. And especially when you hit Revelation, but I'm talking about the biblical understanding of worthy. Worthy is a very, very difficult name because um, it's not like telling your kid, hey, you're a baby and we should totally love you. 
Like, that's, it's nice. Like, what my dad said is nice, and it's beautiful, and everyone goes, ah, oh, and that's great, and I get it, and oh, your sister has a wonderful name. But that's not it. Okay? My dad's passed away yet, so he can't listen to this recording. We're going to talk about it in heaven. It'll be funny then. All right? Everyone's like, should he have made that joke? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. My dad was a Jesus follower. The, the reason why I'm worthy is, is it's like it is to the uber extent of you deserve it. Like every shred of it, the glory, the honor, the praise, the blessing, the wealth, the, you deserve all of it. You deserve the focus. You deserve the attention. You, de- any, like you, you are owed all of it. You are owed all of it. That's what worthy means. And I love my sister, but she's not, she doesn't deserve all of it. <laughs> I wonder if his sister will listen to this. It means this. It means that you have the specifications. You have the ongoing performance, and you have not slipped up one bit. You haven't just had a good game. Your every game is perfect. And not only that, your practices are perfect. That's what worthy means biblically. You are worthy of that because you have not let up. Not one second has slipped. You're worthy. You're worthy. This is what we're seeing in Revelation. Who is worthy? Who is worthy? Um, you guys, uh, all right, we get this. We, um, th- I'll give you my church example, but like you guys get this in your workplace. You get it. Like this is universal. In your 20s and 30s, you were, I was, um, you're low on the totem pole, you go into your entry position, whatever your entry position is, I don't care where it is, and, and you roll into it, and you understand the system and the hierarchy and the structure and the processes, and what is it? You find your, your workmate, your work friend, your work buddy, and, and what do you commiserate over drinks or whatever, you're like... I've got thoughts. Like, they're blowing it. They are not doing it. They're not getting it done. You see all of management's errors. Like, it's the matrix just flying by you, and you just see everything. And you're like, they're an idiot with this move, and I don't know why they made this decision. Typical corporate. You're just like, but you see it, and you're like, dumb. And then the next level is that, is you're like, I bet I could give that a go. I bet I could give that a go. I bet I could, I bet you I could do better than the schmuck in middle management. Okay, my experience, same thing. Under every pastor I've ever been under, I'm like, hmm, I'll be quiet. I won't spread it to anyone, but hmm, I bet I could do better. Because they are not worthy. They're just not. And then what happens, because everyone just, anybody who's older just starts chuckling at this point. What happens? (laughs) Welcome to middle management. Step right up. (laughs) Your turn. And the Monday morning you walk in. Okay. Tell us your good ideas. And then... All the feedback comes. Some of it is overt, right? Passive-aggressive emails, weird meetings. This is an opportunity to learn. Blah, 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 blah. Okay? And then a lot of it is covert. 
you have all of the new people who are younger, and they're by the water cooler, and they're at home, and they're texting each other. That schmuck is an idiot. He is not worthy. He's not worthy. Think about this. Think of every institution you have ever been a part of. I don't care if it's a Christian institution. Think of the gurus you thought, oh, they're such a great spiritual leader. They're awesome. They've taught me so much or whatever. What? Ultimately, you were like, they're not worthy. They're not worthy, and I'm leaving. What? Like everything, every political leader, every mayor, every, every PTA president. Sorry, PTA presidents. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But guess what? Ultimately, like not worthy, not worthy, not worthy. You know what? This is multiplied in Revelation 5. The whole throng is going, who is worthy? Because We've all been around, and no one is going to be the clown and stands up and says, I think I'm worthy. No one. I like you guys, but you want to put a microscope on me, and I put a microscope, it would just take an hour with each other, and you were like, yeah, you're not worthy. Like, we wouldn't even have to do an exhaustive investigation. One of the many services I offer you as a pastor. <laughs> We're not worthy. Now, some of you, only some of you a certain age, remember this. When I think of, we're not worthy, I think of Wayne and Garth, right? Do you remember Wayne and Garth? Okay, some of you are just like, yeah, I sort of do. Some of you do. Any romance you've had? Oh, oh, yeah, they're not worthy. In Adam, all die, and the crowd is so sad, none is worthy. Now, the history of humanity does sort of have two camps here. Is like, okay, um, I actually kind of think I'm awesome, and I am worthy, and I'm going to let the world know it. Or there are people who have come to the collision, yeah, yeah, I'm not worthy. Um, this was, I think it was 2019, Kevin Gates, he's a rapper, he came out with a, a, this, this album, a song on it, and um, it, the title of the song is I'm Him, but H-I-M, H period, I period, M period, and it stands for His Imperial Majesty. I'm Him. Well, that is caught up with pop culture these days, hasn't it? Right? Uh, you have people saying, I'm Him, I'm Him, this last week in the playoff game. Austin Reeves, right? He had 14 straight points in the fourth quarter. Was, or was it 12? Darren? 12. 12. It was 12 straight points in the fourth quarter. And he got a little ahead of himself. And he came down the court. I'm him, baby. I'm him. I'm him. I'm him. I'm him. I'm him. Um, we, I play horse with my boys in the driveway. <laughs> and they say, Dad, you ain't him. <laughs> you ain't him. Uh, there is a biblical, a great biblical reluctance for any person that we hold up as a great person of the faith, there's a great reluctance for them to say, I'm him. Um, you get it in Moses. Moses says, yeah, I am not the guy you want me to go to eat. I'm, I am not him. I would like to stay out here. 
in Midian with the sheep and my newfound lady friend. Uh, you, you get Isaiah and William pointed out in the call to worship. Isaiah gets it when he even remotely gets in that vision with the temple presence of God. Isaiah gets it. He's like, yeah, I've got a potty mouth, and I live with people with potty mouths. I am not him. I am not him. You get John the Baptist saying, yeah, I'm not him, but I'll point you to him. Right? Like, I'm not him. I, I, I'm not the guy. Like, I'll, I'll do his, like, I, I don't know if I do his shoelaces, or, but like, okay, I'll point you to him. This is, I'm telling you, in, in the biblical record, you say to people, I'm not him. I'm not him. I'll point you to him. Who is worthy? There's this great sadness. Well, no one. That's who. And it has this incredible turn, has a flippening, has a plot twist. Something happens in Revelation 5, five and it says we found someone. And in Revelation 5, the murmurs turn to chants in the throng. And then the chants turn into a song. I know you've experienced this before. Have you been in the, if it's a concert or if it's a soccer slash football game where everyone does the, 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 the singing cheer and you get caught up in it? Have you ever been caught up in the concert? And everybody swells. This is what's happening in Revelation 5. Um, and it turns into outright pandemonium. Okay, the, the, there's, there's, in Revelation 5, there's some councils or elders. It's almost like a council, but it's apparent that they are some sort of important bigwigs in Revelation 5. And they say this. They're the ones with the source of the information, and they say this. The Lion of Judah has done it. And everybody is looking. And this is the amazing thing. Um, it, it, it's kind of like that Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, um, uh, in Rolling Stone, they called it the Jesus-y lion. Okay? But here he is rolling by the stone table. I, I'm not going to talk to you about all the awesome imagery in C.S. Lewis, all right? Because I could be here. That's a different lecture. But it's amazing. And he's going by a table, a tablet who has done it, the Lion of Judah has done it, but this is it, is everyone looks and they can't see a lion. Huh? What? You just told us you found someone and it's a Lion of Judah, where's the lion? And Revelation goes on to say it. I see a lamb. I see a lamb that was slaughtered. Revelation 5, this is 9 and 12. Worthy are you to take the scroll, that scroll, and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation. Worthy is, this is what goes on into the, the chant turned song, turned just delirious joy. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Say, oh, that's the person who's worthy of all that. 
this is it, is they are going, the, the crowd is absolutely going crazy that they found someone and it's not based on their performance. Here's the question. Do you think you are worthy? Or do you, or it might mean this, do you think someone else is worthy? Could be a new relationship, right? Could be your new guru of the flavor of the month. Could be a new author. The new political leader, that's really going to help us out. Uh, the question for you is, are they so great? Are they so powerful and perfect? And are they kind enough to give up their life for you? Or are they asking you to give up your life for them? What do you think about that? Let's pray. Our Father, our God, no one is worthy except the lamb and the lion. I need to be reminded of this. The point is not even me trying to achieve worthiness. No, the point is that he is worthy for me. He ransomed me. For my friends, for my neighbors. Well, would you turn my hopes, the hopes that I've had towards all of these other things that I think might be worthy, and would you turn them back again to the lion and the lamb who is re-knitting and remaking all things beautiful. Lead us to this lion and lamb by your spirit, and would you create in us a delirious joy that we can transfer and give away? Turn our sadness into murmurs and chants and new songs. Amen.